Hello, everyone, and welcome, big welcome to another episode of Getting Hammered. I am Mary Catherine Ham, your host. I'm here with Vic Mattis, my co-host, who's having a giggle fit right now. We're going to find out in a minute why that's happening. But there's a lot of news, okay? There's some hot, hot, hot stories from Hotlanta in the in the Trump trial down there where Fonnie Willis stands accused of all sorts of nonsense. So we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. That's breaking now. We have a Biden update on his special prosecutor woes. We have some stories about remote school because wouldn't you know it, the pandemic was not the end of that. And a well-known scammer rears her head once again. So we will talk about that. Also a Kelsey update. You guys want to hear this one on sportsmanship. But before we get to that, Vic, how's it going? Are you laughing at the testimony going on over your shoulder? Hello, Mary Catherine. <laughs> no, although I have been fascinated by it all, all day. I haven't seen this much trial coverage at this level where with the wood panel background since OJ. Yeah. You know, I mean. Sor- well, it's sorted. It yes, is. Um, it's funny. It's, it's funny. Right. Will, Willis, I'll just give the brief synopsis. Funny Willis is the prosecutor in Georgia going after Trump on, I think it's RICO charges related to the election. Okay. We've talked about it before. Fannie Willis hired for that investigation a man with whom she had a relationship, an extramarital relationship. His wife then, as part of her divorce proceedings, revealed that she had this relationship with the prosecutor she had hired and paid many hundreds of thousands of dollars it was further revealed that they took trips together and that she benefited financially from this relationship, which had not been disclosed. He's also maybe not qualified to do the, in, the investigation um, in the way that he should be. And then she might have also lied about it. So possibly to court. So that's where we are right now. And she and he are testifying. Wild uh, out there. That That's correct, Mary Catherine. Uh, he gets paid something like 650 something thousand dollars. And this is kind of a new experience for him. And they just want to ask, you know, about the trips on Royal Caribbean, I think. Mm-hmm. They went on some cruises and paying for things. Uh, and so it's funny because when you look at the comments, people are saying, you know, she's allowed to have a relationship. Leave these people alone. She's allowed to have a relationship with somebody. She meets up. She falls in love in the office. It happens to the best of us. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, but when you start commingling funds, that's an issue. No, Mary Catherine, that's not why I'm laughing. Okay. I am laughing because... I should be outraged, really. Earlier, yesterday or today, people on social media have reached out to tell me that I really need to stop stepping on your lines. Oh, my god! And I want to ask you, Mary Catherine, do I step on your lines and cut you off? I do not. Let me tell you something. (laughs) I learned from the best, my mother-in-law. What do you think about this? Because let me tell you something. Okay. I do not feel that way. <laughs> I, I think feel a lot like, of people feel that way. I feel okay. that you. Ha- I feel that you have a lot to add. And I was, that, if anything, I mailed off for too much of the podcast. I was very excited. I had a lot of thoughts on that last episode. I was overprepared. <laughs> and so two things. One, I'm gonna. I have an actual post-it note here saying "Don't interrupt." It's on my screen. <laughs> and two, I thought you know couple people, I don't know. I don't recall myself having done this, right? I do the episode. It goes very fast, as you know, and then we're done. I said, do I do that? I can't imagine I do that at all. And so then I turned to, I talked to my wife, Kate, 
tell her what some of these people on social media said about, I need to stop, you know, I must stop stepping up. I said, can you believe these people? And you know what she, she said? Yes, you do that. <laughs> she said, I noticed it on the last show. And then you know what else she said? I couldn't tell you because I cut her off. <laughs> it's a pattern. It's a pattern of behavior. No, I, it doesn't bother me. <laughs> I grew up with two brothers, very comfortable making myself heard as illustrated by my years on the O'Reilly Factor where it was very hard to do so. Although I will say when you I have first- to fight. Yeah. When I first started TV, I wasn't very good at it for these reasons. Because I am from the South, I spoke too slowly for TV. Wow. And I also was loath to interrupt anyone ever because in public, you don't do that. I'll interrupt my brothers. But on TV, I felt like that was like, no, you can't. Now, I don't do it to a problematic degree on TV, but sometimes you got to do it. You just got to get your, your say in. And I also speak much faster than I used to. <laughs> I was going to say it's technically, it's really the other way around with most people on TV because it usually is we're speaking too fast and they tell you, you need to slow down. The other funny thing is on when you're having a conversation, you know, you want to make a show conversational, like we're having conversation outside, we're at a party, we're having a conversation. But when you actually watch these interview shows, they're not stepping they're, They wait for the person to stop. And then and then they do the next question and you don't really notice it, but that's how it works. So throughout the show and moving forward, you're going to see me do this anytime I feel like I'm about to cut you off. I'm just going to bite my knuckle. Okay. okay. I'm just going to do this. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to try. I'm going to try. But that's all I had for you. Okay. And that I am now on day four of uh, Power Press. Oh, nice. Look at you. And I have to say the hardest thing. Oh, the, the, the leg climb. Mm-hmm. which seems so silly. Because Is that a mountain climber type Mountain thing? climber. Okay, the mountain yeah. climber because you have one leg sort of extended higher than the other. And right. all you're doing is tapping the leg as you move up. What is it about the tapping that makes it so brutal? I almost <laughs> didn't make it up the... I, did almost make, didn't, I did almost didn't make it up the mountain. Yeah. You're going to be in the middle of that mountain. It was insane. Yeah. Okay. I also have this... I, maybe you can answer this question and then we can move on. I'm doing this thing. You get, once they get down the routine... Like, okay, this is what all the things are I have to do, right? I understand about the hip raises and the, and, and the side planks and everything else. Right. And then I'm done. I have a feeling your husband is like, okay, now I can go to real weightlifting now. That, that was just a warm-up for him. I think it's safe to say. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no wonder I'm actually shrinking. Yeah, that would, yeah. That, would be, that would be his workout if, like, he's really in a pinch yeah. He can't leave the house. Right. He's got prison cell. He's got two babies to take care of, and they're actually physically on top of him while he's doing the push-ups. That would be his. I had that feeling. I said, I yeah. think I might have to do more. Okay. How, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. We had a, a fairly uneventful Valentine's Day. The kids oh, yeah. got their Valentines off to school. Nice. By, by the way, let me just put this out there for everybody. I give the worst Valentines at school. Okay. How so? Because all we do is a Valentine that is paper with no extra plastic nonsense and no candy. And my children sign it with love and they give it to all their classmates. There's a reason for this. Partly is it that I'm lazy? Sure. But the other reason for this, sometimes they're even homemade. I just slap stickers on some scrap paper. Okay. The other reason for this is because there needs to be plastic crap from china truce okay because we're all exchanging it yeah when none of us want it in our homes no okay so 
if I just say to the other moms, like, here's the deal. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm not going to give you? I'm not going to give you three fidget spinners and a glow stick that you have to pull out of your child's room next week and throw away under protest. Because, of course, if they see you throwing away, they're going to get very upset about it. I'm not going to do that to you. Yeah. I'm going to send them with a really? little bluey Valentine that says oh. heart you. And that's it. Okay. That's what I'm doing. And you know what? I got to say, my kids have adjusted well to that. They don't like, they don't seem to be upset yeah. about the arms race that's going on outside of our home. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Kate, Kate was always convinced the candy bracelet. Mm-hmm. She didn't want the kids. She was convinced it was made in China. Like the actual candy is from China. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I haven't proven you know, it otherwise. We got, we got pencils, we got fidget yeah. spinners, we got, we got erasers, we got pencil toppers, we got. I mean, it is. They have cut down on candy, and I would just say I prefer to have the candy because I can just steal that. Well, I like the candy with the messages. That's a lot of fun. <laughs> I don't think they really do. Kids are spoiled. They don't even have candy. They don't hearts do that anymore. anymore. Conversation okay. hearts are not where it's at. Oh. Also, we took them out of school during the pandemic, and none of them can read anymore. So we don't do those. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that's that's my little part. Okay. Is that I don't I have not given you anything you're gonna have to remove from your child's room in a week and a half when you find it on the floor. America thanks you for that. <laughs> I'm doing really my do. part. No, I mean it's it is a lot of junk. It is. It's, I mean, it, it's like on one hand it's generous, but on yeah. the other hand, there's two bags of stuff in their room. I find it interesting that fidget spinners are still a thing. They really are. Wow. Okay. Fidget, no, oh, you know what? It's not even fidget spinners. It's the poppers. Have you seen the little plastic poppers? No. So it's a little disc that has silicone that you can oh. pop back and forth, like a, as if it were wrapping. Yes, bubble stuff. wrap. Yeah, bubble wrap. People like those. My kids like those, but we have a lot of them. So you just hear it all day. No, you don't hear it. It's quiet. It just has the feel. <laughs> it has the feel of back okay. and forth with yeah. a. I guess it has a tiny pop, but it's very. And that's un- the that's the new thing. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Anyway, doing my should part. have should have invented that. I also okay. got my, I got I get each of my kids like a little Valentine's gift. Oh, For the girls, tough. I just got them flowers because I feel like they're getting yeah. older and maybe they yeah. don't want toys. And I think they looked at me like, "Mom, we want toys." Speaking of plastic crap from China, so I got them a it little happens. bouquet of flowers, mm-hmm. and then the toddler, I got her a, a pair of little mini oven mitts oh. because she loves to play with my oven mitts. Oh, <laughs> so that's... I got her her own little pair, and then. The, the baby, you know, they don't have a lot of boy type, and I'm being very gender normative, they have a lot of boy type Valentine's Day presents. So he, he has like a little collection of sea animal stuffies. And so I got him a little, a little stingray. Well, I'm sure that he wouldn't have been like, hey, where's my Valentine's, right? No, he wouldn't. No, but that's you. And the oven thing, think, I, you know, I got nervous. I thought you were going to say my, she loves to play with my oven. No. That's it. <laughs> no, she doesn't Just play with the Turn the, the gas on. Not yet. All right. All right. Uh, Kate, she, Kate gave everybody. Kate gave everybody these little caramel. Look at this. These little caramels. Oh, those are cute. I know. I, I haven't good. had them yet because of you know my diabetes. But I'll <laughs> have one a day. I think is okay. <laughs> and as far oh good, it's made in USA. She wouldn't have done that. She there you go. Thought. There you go. Okay. okay. Well, we can start on the news. And the the good news for our back and forth. Uh-huh. is that I know nothing about this news story, so I'm going to just let you have it, Vic. <laughs> Apparently, there was a big scare, and I missed it. Yes. Yesterday, Mary Catherine, there was talk of a national security threat, so I think the chairman of the House Intel Committee had, I think it was Mike Turner, but I might have to fact check that, 
had demanded that the Biden administration be more forthright and come out with what is this national security threat that was a number of members of Congress were briefed on. Okay. But he feels that uh, the congressman felt that all the members needed to be briefed on it. And you know, as soon as that happens, there's going to be a leak somewhere and then it'll come out to the press. Well, just that sending out that statement sent off for a brief moment yesterday, all sorts of panic of what could be the threat. And there were people talking about, you know, terrorist cells, sleeper cells coming in from up in the border, um, things of that nature and, and, and hypersonic missiles. And it turns out before we found out Jackie Heinrich at Fox, her source correctly told her, but in very vague terms, the threat has to do with space. Oh, that's reassuring. That's, (laughs) That's great. So now you're thinking of Armageddon and Deep Impact. Like, okay, it's heading our way. Right. I I hope they found the guys in the offshore platform to drill a hole and put the bomb in, put the nuclear missile in. And then Jake Sullivan was giving a briefing and said, can you assure us that that Americans have nothing to be scared of and not panic? And and then he said, well, I can't just flat out say they shouldn't be scared. And I'm like, (laughs) something to that effect. That is a fantastic communications professional yeah. right there. <laughs> it's the voice of confidence. So now, now everybody is all upset. And it turns out it does have to do with Russian space technology development. And it does involve nuclear capabilities. But we're not talking about, you know, lasers coming down at us like in the great 80s movie Real Genius mm-hmm. with Val Kilmer, Ooh, where yeah. the laser comes down Star get Wars your, style. Get your popcorn ready. Get your popcorn ready. Very good, Mary Catherine. No, it has to do with disabling satellites. And that would be a very bad thing because- That as sounds you know, very bad. It's, it's, I mean, the only thing worse is maybe an EMP. I don't know. But if you disrupt the satellites, it throws everything off. And all I can think of is how people made fun of Trump for wanting to create Space Force. Yeah. Yeah. Well, remember, I mean, of course, anything anything with a Republican in space, they mock. Oh, so Star jokes. Wars under yeah. Reagan, this for Trump. But, you know, it matters. By the way, this sounds like the plot of a 1987 movie. And it just so happens that 1987 is probably the year that our current president thinks it is. So we should... <laughs> I was wondering where you're going to go with that one. <laughs> so let's talk about him. Oh. Well, do we have anything else on the national security issue? Do I do we need any more briefing on this? No, that's where we are. Okay. We're obviously behind. You know, we, the, the, we get protests in this country all the time for wanting to quote unquote militarize space, but it's not right. like the Russians and the Chinese are going to be like, oh, I guess we shouldn't either. Yes. So here Correct. we are. Yeah. All right. So the new the new news about Biden and the special prosecutor case brought or the special prosecutor report presented by Robert Hur, who was a deputy of Mueller appointed by Trump. Those are all his creds, just so you have them. And remember, in this report, he notes the president's inability to remember all sorts of things, including the year when his son Bo died. Okay. In the wake of that, Biden himself Jill Biden, mm-hmm. I believe a fundraising email went out to this effect that how dare, how dare her, this partisan hack, come after Biden about this traumatic event and quiz him about the date when everyone mm-hmm. knows that people forget traumatic events. Well, it turns out, court, this is NBC News reporting, a lot of people have reported it. How in the hell dare he raise that is what Biden told reporters yes. in the White House press conference. But her never asked that question, according to two people familiar with her's five-hour interview with the president over two days last October. It was the president, not her or his team, 
who first introduced Beau Biden's death, they said. Can I, I just say, Yeah, I should have figured this out. <laughs> I should have called this because it should have occurred to me that this came from him because he has an established pattern mm-hmm. of bringing up the death of his son, Beau, either in conversations where he wants some sympathy and it's a good it's a way to deflect sometimes in just like inappropriate contexts where he's trying to maybe connect with people but often just sort of gratuitously and inappropriately so i would bet he was feeling a little defensive right in this interview and he brings it up because it's his heartstring puller and he says he says how you know i'm sure he said how he probably said how dare you in the transcript right (laughs) Right. He has a penchant for this, as as you know, talking about his son dying in Iraq and then having yes. to clarify it was the fire pit, the burn pits. Which, which by unclear. the way, also is not established. Right. 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 When he's talking to like the families of service members who were killed in or overseas. Yes. By the way, I thought for the first part of your opening on the segment that you were misgendering the prosecutor by calling him, her, her, no, (laughs) like there was a woman there. That's just his last name. Yes. No. Okay. Yes. Of course. Robert, her. The other thing is, uh, I, based on more of what we've been reading, it seems like I was right. My suspicion was right that he remembers the day, but he didn't get the year right. So that happened. And of course you have all these defenders now saying, well, you know, you remember the year your loved one died? Joe Scarborough was saying this. I'm like, yeah, yeah because it was recent. I think I do. Yeah. I think as time goes by, it becomes harder to remember that. But this is not, this is 2015. Yeah. So I, I don't know. And again, he brought it up. So, I mean, the point is that, you know, he turned this around uh, with his high dudgeon and was able to say, how dare you, sir, the whole thing. And people like to take his side on that and say, this is inappropriate. Well, there's only one way to clear this up, as you know, and that is to release the transcripts. And apparently there's a real fight over that right now and over what's redacted, what's not redacted. Uh, And supposedly, according to uh, media reports, the uh, it's a lot more freewheeling than we might think it is. It's not not so much a formal thing. And boy, when that comes out. Yeah. The day Uh, after the election. Pardon me. He's not going to appreciate this, but pardon me for misplacing the name of the Democratic congressman who's running against Biden. Oh, yes. Phillips. Dean Phillips. Phillips. Dean Dean Phillips actually was on Meet the Press saying, not only should we see the transcript, we should see the video or recording. Well, that would do it. It's going to, I mean, the numbers right now are not good for Biden. Although I saw, you know, there's certain states that have just, they've made their bed. They're like, you know what? They made their peace with it, I should say. Mm -hmm. And they know that Biden is in bad shape and they're still going to vote for him. It's like over whatever, whatever the the section of Delaware is that's like the villages, that's the villages now through the roof for Biden over at the is, villages, Delaware. There is a poll out for Maryland right now because it showed Larry Hogan neck and neck with the presumptive Good. Democratic candidate, David Trone. That's that going to be sa- a fun one. That's that is that's going to be a really fun one because then, you know, it's it's a, that's going to be a real race. But the the Trump Biden race in Maryland is not close. I think Trump is pull, I, Biden is pulling in about 55 percent. Yeah, so they're fine. Yeah. They don't think he can serve. They also, it's true because on the one hand, a majority of Marylanders think he's not able to serve or fit. And on the other hand, a majority say, yes, president. I mean, this this is the thing, as I keep saying, both sides, partisans, don't want to admit 
that their guy is making this a tough call, but on both sides, their oh. guy is making this a very tough call. There, I know there are people who will go, oh, I far prefer this deeply flawed, possibly non-copismentous. Is that right? Yeah. Can't say the words correctly because I have an issue. Brain fog. <laughs> person over this, like, you know, maybe slightly more vigorous, but crazy person under many indictments. For a lot of people, it's going to be like, God, I'm not sure which form of insane I want. That's right. That's right. Although, again, I joke about, you know, reasoning for finding reasons for Trump's insane pronouncements. And, and again, the, the NATO thing, it's going to it's going to scare those NATO countries into upping their defense budgets because they really think he's going to let it happen. I know. So I know. Um, should we talk about speaking of budgets, defense, yeah. such things? What is happening with Ukraine and Israel funding? Uh, Congress sort of did something, right? Like <laughs> they did, they did. Yes. the The Senate was able to pass, I think, the standalone aid yeah. for Ukraine, Israel, and I think Taiwan. At the same time, Mike Johnson, the Speaker of the House, has already said that bill is dead on arrival. Yeah. So this isn't the because it's not doing enough to fix the border, but they did have a bill that included border. Yes. And the aid, but it was not enough. So, so I'm not sure what they want is something that is crafted by Trump as president, but they don't have that at best until January of 2025. Now, I do I do think even if I understand people's reservations about that border bill, I I think you run into a problem when you say we for months, we will not consider this funding without an attached increased security border portion. Yeah. And then you get an attempt at that right. and everybody goes, we will not consider it with that. Yeah. And so then they go, okay, bluff called. Here it right. is without that. And they go, no, we said we wouldn't consider it without that. I, what are y'all doing? It, it's no win. This, this, is, this is what you get for the narrow majority where everybody has a say and they're like, you don't have, and you don't have an enforcer. Yeah. So on the, on the way, Every you know every member of Congress can make a difference here, and sort of tilt the scales in very in potentially very bad ways, and add to that that you don't have an enforcer like a Tom Delay to scare everyone and whip them into in, in, into shape, if you will, and, and get yeah. their votes. So that is a problem. But they did manage to impeach, as you know. Yes. So I don't know if you want to jump there quite yet. No, no, Mayorkas. That it is. Yeah. It's a thing yeah. that the yeah. House did. So so things the House has done, impeach Mayorkas. And oust George Santos, and we'll get to the follow-on uh, to that story later. <laughs> man, they pick they pick interesting things that they things want to do. To do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this one, they they succeeded very narrowly in uh, in impeaching yeah, Mayorkas, and then that goes to the Senate for a trial. Now, this is the first time since what the 1800s that a cabinet member has been impeached. Yeah, I think so. And yeah. I think, look, based on how he's doing the job and obeying the law. Yes, I think there's a, an argument for that. Oh, he's terrible. He's terrible. He's also serves the pleasure of the president and is doing the job the president wants him to do. Right. So once you get a new guy, if if you were to get rid of him, once you got a new guy, he would do the same thing. Mm -hmm. Right? Right. Well, uh, and you're yeah, not getting rid of, by the way, you're not getting rid of him. He's not going to be convicted. That's right. You know, I when I heard that he was impeached, I thought, yay, he's gone because that's how it works. You know, just like there's, with the, a, there's a whole other step <laughs> kind of. Yes. You want to talk about dead on arrival. This is dead arrival in the Senate, obviously. Yes. It's, it's controlled by the Democrats. And again, it's the argument that 
he's so bad he needs to be impeached. And I get it. He's so bad. But as, as, as we mentioned on the last show, being bad at your job is not necessarily grounds for impeachment. Right. It's grounds for firing. But this is the kind of thing that, you know, the House does. If you remember, over the span of many years, House Republicans managed to vote, you know, or take votes, I should right. say, on whether or not to repeal Obamacare. They mm-hmm. did that about 100 times, I think. And, you know, I get it. They want to make sure their constituents know where they know stand, even doing. if it didn't happen. Hey, I just want you to know I was against it and I voted to reject it. But, you know, my hands are tied. But I don't know. There's a lot of other things going on right now. It'd be great to get. It's like, does anyone want to govern? Yeah. No, I think everybody wants and, to do. And people notice. People notice hope, that they're not able to yeah. govern. By the way, I learned of a, uh, a verbal idiosyncrasy I have the other day that I had never noticed before. I just corrected it when I said this. But when I say the sentence that I just said, I would say, and that's a whole nother problem. Right. I don't say other problem. I say nother no, that's a whole nother problem. That's a whole nother problem. That's and it never fine. occurred to me until like a week ago that that's not actually a word in the middle there. Another is not a word. Another is a word. It sounds good to me, though. I like it. You I, know, think it's, I think it's Southern. Or did you, yes. I mean, you sound very familiar with it. Is it? I, it, it worked for me. It's a whole nother. A whole, whole nother problem. It's a whole problem. other problem. <laughs> it's probably, it's a whole other problem. I mean, I do, I tell editors, sometimes editors will come to me and say, is it this way or is it that way? And I say, okay, ultimately, when in doubt, does it pass the sight test or the sound test? I mean, yeah. It well, so I wouldn't write it that way. Yeah. But I say that frequently. A whole... Oh, you wouldn't. You wouldn't do apostrophe facing uh-huh. the left. Another. No, that's a whole another issue. All right. Speaking of the next issue, the special election in New York ah, three, which yes. we had pre. Did we preview that a little bit? I can't remember. Maybe. So it's in the suburbs of New York. Long Island uh, commuter area. This is an area of the country that has been going increasingly Republican. Oh, yeah. It's one of the only suburb areas that has increasingly gone red. Now, this is a very tough district with an established Democrat who has already been a representative in that district, was on the the ballot. A very newcomer, Mozzie Pillip, was the Republican challenger. Really interesting story. She was a refugee out of Ethiopia into Israel when she was young. She's an Orthodox Jewish woman, an Israeli-American who served in the IDF. So like a lot of story to tell, compelling person, the immigration issue was front and center in this race, but the Democrat won. Now, we don't want to overinterpret special elections, but he won by like not a small margin, like eight eight points. points. Again, tough district for Philip in the first place, Mm -hmm. but he was not an insane Democrat. Right. And to me, that says, look, in the suburbs, even ones that are the rare ones that are going a little red, even a time when the migrant issue is very front and center. Right. If you have a guy who says, I'm not crazy, I promise as a Democrat, you might be okay. That might work. And he wasn't about to toe the line and try to defend Biden and his immigration policies and say, oh, it's really the Republicans fault because they know who's been in charge you know, for the last three to four years. It is interesting with Mazi Pillup, Ethiopian, uh, an Israeli by way of Ethiopia. Maybe I have that the other way around. And those two countries have a very close and interesting bond that goes back even before Israel's founding, as you know. Right. That's, you know, I mean, I believe the Ark of the Covenant is actually secretly in Ethiopia. I don't know if you know that. There's a, there's a conspiracy theory about it. It got moved out before, you know, after, I don't know, the sack. 
of the temple, and it's somewhere in Ethiopia. That is one theory. Now, it is unfortunate. Our flag. <laughs> Thank you. I know. It is unfortunate that she lost. She seemed nice. Swazi was districted, redistricted out, I think is what happened. And you're right. He is a centrist. You, can, you know this, obviously, because in his victory speech, he got heckled by protesters accusing him of genocide. Right. So that's sort of where he stands now. It's going to be interesting, the position he takes on the border and, and votes regarding the border. He also had like $15 million behind him. Yeah. You know, well, and early voting was well, they had a huge advantage. Yeah, that's a, a couple things to keep in mind for the rest of the year, by the way. But by the way, this was a New York special election to replace George Santos, yeah. who won in sort of a fluke. This talented Mr. Ripley, who's telling a bunch of lies yeah. about his life, won in that district in 2022 in a tough year for Republicans yeah. and came to Congress and lies about a ton of things and got in a lot of trouble and got expelled. Yeah. So this is to replace him. So Republicans have lost that seat. Yes. Yeah. And a couple things to worry about for the rest of the year are, yeah, they had a lot of money to spend. You know who else has a whole lot of money to spend? Every Democrat. <laughs> Every Democrat running yeah. has a lot of money to spend. There is no room for error. And at the top of the ticket, we have a guy who has a, a lot of errors. And a legal defense fund. <laughs> yes. By the way, did you see that? So he, he I guess he wants Laura Trump to be in charge. But yeah, to be like the number two, but really eventually... You know, he didn't want to be so overtly, blatantly mm-hmm. like I wanted to be in charge, mm-hmm. and then, and then help push the next after him because after him it's going to be Eric. Oh my gosh! So once once just... Laura Trump in charge of the RNC, and Laura in her pitch says, "Look, we're going to do absolutely everything to get Donald Trump elected president." It's like, okay, well, that's not your only job. I know, I know that there are, there are other organizations that do that work: the NRSC, the NRCC who do that work in the House and the Senate. But the RNC is supposed to have a passing interest yeah. Yeah. in those other races. That's right. For uh, which Donald Trump can be a real problem. Yeah. And and I, I really think that one of the things they need to do is really encourage early voting. It's not going away. I mean, I hate yes. it. I, I, I wish election day was like it had always been, which is on one day. And instead of weeks or months before and then weeks after, and then uh, you can do absentee ballot if you're not absolutely not able to to vote on election day. I get it, but instead we have this. And what happened? You also had a snowstorm, right, uh, on 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 the special election day for the Swazi uh, for the Santos seat. And so, I mean, maybe you were going to vote, but maybe now because it was one of those horrible wet, rainy, yep, snow. It's a snow rain. Yep. combination. I'm like, ah, maybe somebody else will vote, and I, no, I, there'll be enough. It'll be fine. Republicans are just getting sunk. Yeah. By the yeah. early vote, and yeah. if you don't, and and the reason that Republicans, there you know there are cultural reasons that Republicans don't sure. like early voting. However, in places that adopted it early, places like Colorado, uh-huh. places like Arizona, I believe uh-huh. those state parties actually did a lot to encourage voters. This is good. This is fine. This is verified. You can do it. Right. Even in the places where Republicans had adopted this behavior, that was wiped out in large. Yeah. ways by Donald yeah. Trump saying that all of this is a scam. Right. So the fix is in. Yeah. But if you're relying on a giant wave of your voters on election day to reverse all of that, you're putting yourself in a very risky position. Yep. But, you know, that's how we like it. Nice and close. <laughs> let's, let's not make it easy. Let's yeah. difficulty level way up here. That's mm-hmm. that's what Republicans 
like. What What do you say to the pushback that, oh, you know, we're overanalyzing this special election because yeah. there are two people's names who are not on the ballot and that would change the calculus, right? If Trump and Biden were on the ballot, what? What yeah, do you think I about mean, that? Sure. Look, I think we always overinterpret special elections. This is one of the things we're called to do, actually, yeah. is to nationalize special elections. But look, Democrats since 2020 have shown a propensity for getting voters out, even if they're not yeah. excited, even yeah. when it's a weird day, even when it's a special election. One of the reasons they're able to do that is because the Trump coalition looks very different than the yeah. George W. Bush coalition did or a Mitt Romney coalition sure. might have looked right. It has traded. And this is not me. This is like a conventional wisdom thing. But uh -huh. the GOP can, coalition has traded high propensity voters suburban moms and dads who keep calendars, who do 18 activities with their children every weekend, right. who are guaranteed to show up, affluent, educated voters. Yes. No matter what the election, we have traded those voters for a different kind of voter yep. that is lower propensity, that is lower income, that is more working class, that does not have a, a track record of coming out, particularly on weird days yeah. for special elections. Special so, elections, off-year elections, midterm so now you'd like to have a little bit of both of those, right? And you'd like to get your low propensity voters yes. to become higher propensity voters. And Donald Trump is arguably a person who can do a little bit of that. But if you lose these really reliable voters in yeah. huge numbers in the suburbs, you're in trouble. Yeah. And I think that matters everywhere. It and mattered in the Virginia elections that we talked about. Uh, yeah. And it's been, I don't know, seven consecutive years of generally bad elections for Republicans. Aren't you tired of winning? I think we're all tired of winning. Who said that? Yeah. So that's what's going on there. No, I, I think, yes, it can be over overdone, but there are warning signs here that we have seen yeah. over and over again. This yeah. is not an isolated picture. So we'll see. You spoke about a little wet, little wet snow in oh, New I York. Oh, I did. I did. Northeast. Did you hear that here. the nor'easter... Yes, a nor'easter. The nor yeah. That's what you guys call it. You guys yeah, don't say whole nother, but you say nor'easter. Okay. Yeah. The, the, the nor'easter shut down schools in New York City. Oh, sure. Yeah. Turns out it didn't go that well because remote school isn't real. So they couldn't get it to work for some of them. Of course, parents are burdened because uh, suddenly they're out of school for what was ended up being not a lot of snow. They don't get the education that they're promised as usual. And everyone argued when we were doing remote school during, or the people who were critics argued that when we were doing remote school, this would make people trigger happy for remote yeah. school in the future. Yeah. And it seems to have done that in some places where they need to be spending time catching up from the pandemic. Yeah. Also just, if you're going to be out of school, just give them a snow day. Right. I was going to say, so what happened was they school was canceled, but it was not canceled in the traditional ways. That we were, right. That's what you're saying up right. there. Yeah. I, Give them a snow day. That's right. Here's my thought. I get it. If you have too many snow days, traditionally, mm -hmm. the summer vacation for kids gets shorter, right? They extend right, right. it because they got to make up for the lost days. Okay, fine. My thought is whatever they built in to the calendar, like five days or whatever of snow right. before they have to consider extending. Max out those five days as actual, pure, fun, stay-at-home days where you yes. can go out, play in the snow. And then after that, you can try to do some remote learning. Yeah. But I would say take advantage of it. It just 
I don't know. I'm sure you remember how exciting it was. Well, I'm yeah. not, I don't feel this way now with my, with, with, you know, and now as a parent, if, if there's no school, it is not the same. But, but you know when I was a kid, it was so exciting. You know what's better than sitting on Google Classroom that's not signing on because I mean, uh-huh. millions of kids are trying to do it at the same time? What's better than that is just being outside and playing. Yeah. That's actually better for you yes. as a child. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's very so, Tim Carney of you, family no. friendly, which is a book coming out in March. Yes, it's true though. Plug. Like yeah. your child being outside, being active yeah. is better than staring at a screen that says, yeah. oh, we can't connect. We'll do our right. best. So I got one of these, <laughs> I got one of these notifications from Gmail saying I'm at 50% capacity now. And that, you know, I mean, and, and eventually, you know, when it fills up with emails, got to get rid of. So I tried to go back and say, what are all these access emails? I forget, you know, you get an email, I, at least I do from public schools every single day. Right. So I went through and went through a chunk of emails just to get rid of them, right. Get rid right. of all these old emails going back to 2022, 2021. And then I started seeing subject headlines about update on return to class, yeah. update on hybrid learning, update on COVID, you know, precautions. Were you, were and you measures. a little traumatized? I was triggered. It was weird. It sent me back. It was, you know, what an awful time. Yeah. And, yeah. and the idea that you can only go back twice a week because you can't have all the kids at the same time and don't talk while you're having the meal because because of the, and the distancing. Everybody, oh, you need outside, but you can take your mask out, but not inside. And what is happening? And yeah. I remember standing outside waiting to pick up you know, my daughter from a hybrid day and all right. the other parents standing outside in the sun with the masks and, I'm just, and staying six feet apart. And it was sad. It was very sad. It was sad and it was stupid and we didn't need to do it. No. Yeah. That's it. And a lot of people really got the rocks off making the rest of us do it. And I did not. Oh, they did. Bad news. Bad news, man. Anyway, so they're still hurting kids is the point. Yeah. And by the way, Taylor Lorenz had another freak out. Someone sent me, I believe it was our our loyal listener, Jeremy Sanderowitz, who sent me. So Emily Oster is doing a collab. Emily Oster is the economist who wrote Expecting Better. Sure. And she does a bunch of parent-related data stories. And during the pandemic, she collected data from schools that were actually opening to figure out, what does this look like? We right. we need data. And yeah. she concluded that like, hey, this isn't super dangerous for them and staying out of school might be dangerous. Well, now Emily Oster, who is a really a bard for the upper upper class, affluent, educated, yes. anxious uh-huh. white woman parent, like yes. she's like, really, <laughs> that's that's the demo, Vic. Okay. Um, but did you say ageless? No, anxious. Anxious. Oh, anxious. I'm also ageless. I but <laughs> no, I said anxious. No, the great thing about her is that she combats anx- anxiety with data. So we like that. She's doing a collaboration with a with a fashion line. And you know, it's just one of these like retailers where you order a set of clothing. It's uh-huh. professional. MM LaFleur is the name. At any rate, she's doing a collaboration, influencery kind of thing. Taylor Lorenz's none too happy about this because she was crazy with her messaging that children should go back to school during the pandemic. (laughs) So she shouldn't be normalized in this way. What should be normalized is Taylor Lorenz's way of living, I guess. Which Which is like, except for when you see the pictures of her hanging out with famous celebrities without her mask. Well, yeah. Look, I don't think COVID is a problem at the party she wants to go to. No, and with famous people... You don't. You can't get COVID from the famous, the rich yeah, and famous. Yeah, no. If it's cool enough, 
Yeah. You can't get caught. Yeah. So Emily Oster is ultimately an influencer. She spouts extremely dangerous, inflammatory, and flat out delusional misinformation on COVID and other issues in order to amass attention and money. So this latest wow. development is unsurprising. Okay. I don't always agree with Emily Oster, but the idea that she is inflammatory is insane. Yeah. She's so, she's again, so it, not. It tells you where they are because the Washington Post also reported on the CDC's announcement that, you know, you don't have to quarantine yourself if you have COVID right. now in right. 2024 based on what they've seen. And I'm like, okay, that's, they're a little late to the party, obviously. But then out of curiosity, I went down to the comment section. And it's all these people who are not only angry at the CDC, right? But they're even angry at Biden, who had, and they're like, well, and other people are like, hey, you know, they haven't, he hasn't taken, you know, the recommendation yet, and they're like, nope, right. nope, we know what he's going to, he's going to side with the economy instead of all the people who are dying right now oh, from dear. COVID, and we should have never, we, basically, we should have never left the, the room, we should have never left our home, kids should still be remote. It is amazing, and there are still a chunk of people. They all read the post, but it's out there. Oh, my gosh. And there's no convincing them. Yeah. You know what else is out there, Vic? Oh, boy. All right. This was a this this tweet buried the lead. Oh, it's amazing. Breaking news. Tucson teacher loses job over OnlyFans account. Okay, let's click on over. See what we can find. You know, and you see this all the time. Okay, it happened. Inappropriate. Got to go. Here's what we read in the lead. Rachel Dolezal, who now goes by Nikichi Diallo lost her job with the Catalina Foothills School District. Dolezal was teaching kids as an after-school instructor. Dolezal was under fire in 2014, you guys will remember this probably, accused of misidentifying herself as Black while serving as the head of the NAACP in Spokane, Washington. I mean, it should have been a giveaway. Spokane? How many Black people are there? Spokane. Before resigning amid the backlash. She was a prominent civil rights leader and an African studies professor in Washington State accused of pretending to be Black for personal gain. She later said, I think in interviews, that she felt like she just identified as black. Diallo has a public social media page where she has linked an OnlyFans page that appears to be operated by her. Julie Fabaric, the district's director of alumni and community relations, said Wednesday in an email to News 4 Tucson, we only learned of Miss Diallo's OnlyFans social media posts yesterday afternoon. Her posts are contrary to our district's use of social media by district employees policy attached and our staff ethics policy. She is no longer employed by the Catalina Foothills School District. I mean, way yeah. to make another entrance, girl. Way to make another entrance. I'll tell you what was great was the tweet from KVOA Tucson because it has the headline. Yeah. And then the picture of, of Rachel Dolezal. Without saying her name. Yes. And people are like, say her name. But we, as soon as you saw the picture, you knew her from a totally unrelated news cycle from right. 10 years ago. And you're like, wait a minute, what? Well, and I thought, did they just slap the wrong photo? And right. that happens sometimes. There's an algorithm problem. Right. Nope. She's That the was one. amazing. And it is also amazing that she has decided to double down because she's now in Ketchy, Diallo. Like, the people she works with, I assume they know who she really is. Yeah. Like, girl, your name is Shara. Like, just like. <laughs> yeah. Just and, own and, it. And, just and, go with Kristen. I don't know what it. The, you know, Diallo is interesting because the only other Diallo I can think of is Amadou. Yeah. Remember, remember yeah. Amadou Diallo? That's, so I don't know if that was intentional from her. I also like that she teaches after school. Right. I bet she does. Okay. And I want to offer this up though, an NSFW warning to our okay. listeners. If you want to look into the story, I believe they have 
pictures from her OnlyFans account, and it's pixelated, but it is not pixelated enough. Oh. And you can't unsee it. Okay. But she's she's clearly here's my thing. She identifies mm-hmm. as being black. Aren't we supposed to then recognize her then? Well, in, so that, that is that is a tricky thing that that people haven't really been able to give a solid answer yeah. to. Is like why don't we honor that about yes. what she thinks her right. transracial identity? Right. There's not really an answer for it. They just say that's not really a thing. I, I don't know where she's where where, where does she go from here? But. I believe in her. I yeah. believe that just, yeah. you just keep your eyes open tw- 10 years from now. Rachel Dolezal will show up again it's as wild. the president of the United States. of America. Yeah. <laughs> Run for office might as well. And then last, we're going to close with a little update from my, from our Super Bowl mini controversy. I don't know. A medium controversy, which was Travis Kelsey, who I am inclined to like being really nasty to his coach. Andy Reid knocking him almost like a little bit off balance, uh, yelling in his face. Which takes a lot to do, by the way. Yes. He and his brother, Jason Kelsey, who I really like, have a podcast called The New Heights Show. And they had a discussion about this. And Jason Kelsey, being a good big brother, said, you're out of line. So let's hear a little bit of uh, Jason Kelly, Kelsey telling him that. Broadcast showed you having a heated exchange with Coach Reed. <laughs> so heated. People are all over this. I mean, I get it. You cross the line. I think we can both agree on that. I can't get that fired up to the point where I'm bumping Coach and it's getting him off balance and stuff. I mean, let's be honest. The, the yelling in his face, too, is over the top. I think there's better ways to handle this. I love Coach Reed. Coach Reed knows how much I'd love to play for him. I'm not playing for anybody else but Big Red. If he calls it quits this year, I'm, I'm out there with him, man. He ain't calling it quits. Come on now. He's not. I immediately wish I would have took a back. Coach Reed actually came right up to me after that, and he just let him know, hey, man, I love your passion. I got cameras on me all over the place, man. He's letting you know not, not to be like that. Just fired me up even more to go out there and get a f-ing victory for him, man. Big Red, sorry if I uh, caught you with that cheap shot, baby, but damn, I love winning. I do like that he lets Travis go on to sort of explain yourself about what happens, but at the end, Jason has his mind made up already because he doesn't ask so much questions as he does tell him, you did this. Yeah. This is what you did as an older brother. Sort of well, and, he, and he, he notes just the yelling alone would have been too much. Yeah. And it sounds like Andy Reid was very gracious. And he also explained something to the effect, as, as we just heard about the TV, you know, cameras on him, even if the cameras are not on him, you know, yeah. you, it's your coach. Again, unless this is John Voigt at the end of Varsity Blues, where is the, the team revolts. Right. Because I think a player died. It is not that case. It's just, I want to win so badly. Well, yeah, he does too. So just control yourself. Right. But I liked, I liked that they had this tete-a-tete about yeah. this okay. and that he came down on him a little no. bit in a brotherly way. Yeah. yeah. Brotherly love. He, you know, they went back and forth for a little bit. And what I didn't like was, and again, you're right, Jason is this great, wise, older brother. But I think Travis was about to say something even more, but unfortunately, Jason cut him off as he's wont to do. <laughs> How rude. How rude of him on that note. That wraps up, at least for me, this episode of Getting Hammered. Remember, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, and YouTube. You can follow me on Twitter at Victorino Mattis. I'm at MK Hammer on Twitter if you want to hear me talking uninterrupted there. <laughs> 
Instagram at MK Hammered Time. Thanks for getting hammered responsibly. This has been a Nebulous Media Podcast.